You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure. All right, welcome to another edition of the Fraternities Live Community Call. I'm your host, Ryan, joined by my co-host, Philip, and several members from the community. Again, this call serves as a weekly touch point for us to share and celebrate wins, as well as our quote-unquote conundrums that we want to work mm-hmm. through as a group, share crowdsourced wisdom. Uh, and again, we're excited to open this group up to others, which we're planning on doing in May with the early bird uh, sign up. So keep your eyes peeled for that. You can learn about the fraternity membership, how it will equip you on your uncommon journey by visiting the uncommon.com slash membership. And we are in our final week of our worthwhile work pillar. Today, we're talking about pursuing passion in your profession. Some alliteration right there. Before we get into the content, I uh, just want to open up the floor to the group. Feel free to share any wins or conundrums from the week. Gentlemen, good morning. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Daylight savings. I feel like we're all a little dragging. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Maybe I'm just speaking for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Can we not do that anymore? Can we somehow stop daylight savings? Yeah, because the sun's not really up yet. So it's still going to take a few few weeks. But that always helps. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would love to hear John or Tom if they have any conundrums. If they don't, I do have something to talk through quick. My, my conundrum is more physical than uh, work-related, but I don't know if we have any physical therapists in the group. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet? Not yet. Let, this, let them consider this their invitation. Right, well, right. Well, what, but what's going on? Is it it's uh, your, your knee? No, the knee's fine now, but uh, I got a, a muscle that... Uh, so I tried chiropractic. I'm in doing some PT right now, but, you know... Uh, this is the second PT I've been to, so I was just curious if there's something I'm missing. Um, sometimes a, an extra opinion kind of opens up some new option, but I've got yeah. this muscle like in my glute that's been really angry since like October. And I realized yesterday, right, like doing cold calling and prospecting is hard enough, right, as a salesperson. But then like when you're sitting down and you're in pain, like that makes it really, really difficult to to be motivated and like start doing this thing you don't particularly want to start doing, you know, once I get rolling, then it's not so bad, but uh, yeah, I don't know. So it's uh, yeah. Yeah. Like even kind of sitting right now, like if you see me squirming, that's because I'm trying to find like just the right position, just the right angle where that muscle's not angry, but yeah, Mm -hmm. this is going on five months now. um, Mm -hmm. And it, it uh, it's, it's kind of hampered recovering my knee a little bit. Um, but uh, for sure. Yeah. Tried doing my exercises and stuff, you know, that my PT has for me, but it, uh, yeah. I, Laura mentioned yesterday that it could be a magnesium deficiency. Um, talking with one of her uh, kind of natural 
um, remedy people that she goes to to she's doing some detox stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Didn't know if anyone in here was supremely good with uh, physical body, weird muscle stuff. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I my job physically laborsome. So I mean, I think what you got is pretty serious. So. I mean, I, I that was something that popped in my head with magnesium deficiency. I mean, sometimes I, I'm just deficient in magnesium or potassium, and I just start taking those, and usually that helps along with exercises and, and stretching and all that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Everybody's very unique to their own case. So right. <laughs> I, re- I really hope that you get it figured out because I know what, you know what an angry muscle means like it's it's not fun to deal with mm-hmm. morning matt morning chris we're talking about Good john's morning. buttocks <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes, <we are. laughs> let's just open up with that yeah but on a serious note yeah he's had a, a muscle in his glute that's been hampering him for Firing. five right. five months Philip gives a deep massage. I know that from the yes. I was waiting for someone to make that. Partners, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> deep partner stretches. I've even tried rowing once. Uh, oh. If that would loosen it up. Um, it didn't make it angry. It didn't seem to help either. Kind of like everything else I've tried. Every stretch and, and hmm. uh, you know, PT exercise. I don't know. It's weird. And then sometimes it's fine for a couple days. And then sometimes it just comes raring back at me you tried any like hot cold therapy i mean my mind went to sitting in a tub of 37 degree water i don't know that that would be right the answer um yeah no i did have a one of my clients actually mentioned that to me and she was supposed to send me some information of a gal here locally in des moines ryan you and i talked about this yeah at the dinner briefly and uh she was supposed to send me some more information and, and hasn't done that so um but yeah, maybe I just need to go run around outside and try and roll in what snow's left on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, just follow up with her and see. Did she know of like a place that you can kind of go do that or she so she's from Cedar Falls and she's uh in orthotics and prosthetics, but uh she had a friend here in Des Moines who supposedly did something like that and then uh some like cupping. Um so mm-hmm mentioned give that a try and and uh yeah she both her and her dad who run this business are are pretty notoriously busy so not not super surprised i've already followed up once but time you have anything or matt chris conundrums or what yeah or wins well what you guys think i'll quick go through mine so you know how sometimes you feel like God's like putting people in your life to kind of like give you like this precursor of like maybe what is to come if things don't change. I had a really good buddy text me yesterday morning was like, Hey man, I really need to like, is there any way I could get some time with you? He's like, I'll make anything work. Just, I just got some things that's going on. So I made time in the afternoon yesterday and he came and just, he's stressed out of his mind. A lot of things going on. And he, he has a panic attack two weeks ago and like really like hard to breathe, heavy chest, 
numb on his left side, like all this like serious markers of something major. And, and this is in the middle of the night and long story short, like what stress can do to your life. They all, they, he calls the ambulance. They kind of come, they say like, Hey, you don't show any signs of something major. And then, so he goes to the doctor the next day, kind of gets through it. And the doctor says, Hey, I think you're having a panic attack or had a panic attack slash a uh, anxiety attack. And uh, just thinking about, I, I feel like I have a lot of stress in my life, like right now. And you just don't know how your body is going to respond in that. And talking to my, to my buddy, just seeing like this humility that happens, especially because he's a younger guy, younger than I am, like where usually your body's working perfectly and you take that for granted, but what stress can do to your life, if it's held there without any kind of uh, healthy conversation or release of how do you get some of that anxiety or weight or stress off of yourself because you just don't know how your body's going to respond. And so it was interesting for me, especially in my phase of life right now, knowing there's a lot going on, how do you de-stress or how do you like, I don't know, I guess that's my question to you guys. Like, how do you unwind when things are tense in your life professionally, since we're talking about work, or just in any other way? I'd love to know that. I usually take a nice, long, hot shower. That's the only mm. way I know. I just shut the world off, you know. Mm. That's that's really the only way that really separates my stress from, you know, like work or from the, or from the day. But mm. I really don't really, yeah, I don't really have anything that I know that I could do. I mean, I know couple of people who go work out and they feel better afterwards, but you know, I already, I already worked hard all day. So mm-hmm. last thing I want to do is work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've noticed. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah. I was just going to say, I don't, I don't have any tangible, uh, but I, I remember the first few years when I did, when I worked at Palmer group, my first few years in sales and I would just, stress out over deals stress out over if it was going to get signed and i would find myself there would be three or four nights in a row where i would sleep three or four hours a night and i just eventually got to the point where like this this isn't good i was i should probably figure this out and um i i just i i vividly remember um i vividly remember thinking about the scripture in the lord that just says do not worry Mm -hmm. um all the whole scripture, like, you know, the sparrows don't worry about what they're going to eat. Um, and, and so it just instantly, like, you're not instantly, but just came, just kind of having this realization that like, as long as I've done everything in my control, like there is nothing more that I can do. Like worrying helps me nothing. And so for whatever reason, there just became the switch in my brain that I could, not completely, more like a dimmer switch. I could just really mm. tone it down. And, mm. um, but, but I don't know. I don't, I mean, that, and that's been with me since then. And for whatever reason, I can just kind of pull it back and say, have I done everything I can do? Is there anything else I can do? If not, then 
I just need to not not worry about it. That's good. That's good. I think it's so easy to forget, Matt. I, I have a couple things about what you said. Right. I think it's so easy to forget that we're supposed to keep scripture on our heart, right? Meaning, you know, when we come across these tough times, right, there's pretty much always some kind of scripture that that could help give us perspective, you know, or mm-hmm. or uh, comfort in that time. And sometimes it's not quite that easy, right? Like, it'd be nice if every time we just read read a verse that pertains to what we're doing, you know, it just magically goes mm-hmm. away. But um, um, also, I it, it's been it's been a long time. It's been about ten years now. But the work you did at Palmer Group got me my first engineering job out of oh, school. Interesting. And, and, uh, although that, that being a quality engineer at John Deere was not my life's calling, (laughs) having, having that name on my resume got me my next job and my next job. And right. Those three jobs all led me to my current work. Um, so if, uh, a little, little bit of appreciation there, man, I, I know it was probably just a, a normal like Tuesday, whatever, you know. Um, yeah. You know, kind of. I remember going, the first time I met, you were working for like MetLife or something. Yep. Yep. That was before I went back to school, finished my engineering degree. Um, so, uh, so yeah, anyways, it, uh, so thank you for that, man. I, it, it, you know, the, the work we do sometimes in, in kind of a role like ours, you know, where we're enabling people in different ways, right? Sometimes we forget the work we do because we're so focused on, the end of the quarter or the end of the month trying to make numbers. Um, but yeah, that, I sincerely believe that having John Deere on my resume got me my next two jobs. Um, and I've been serving John Deere in different ways since then. So, um, yeah. Chris, you're like the most calm person ever. And I have a feeling you have a lot of stress. How do you do it? <laughs> I don't know. Tom. I think my word for Tom was calm too. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, but uh, now for me, I resonated what with Matt said too about just like, have I done everything I can? And okay, mm-hmm. if not, don't worry about it. And I do love that verse about the birds in the air, like not worrying about their next meal. Um, mm-hmm. But I also resonate with like, oh well, my kids aren't birds, and I still have to put food on their plate. Um, but knowing that God is going to provide for me to do that yeah. um, and trusting in, in that. So, um, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of instances recently in the last year at work where we've been scaling the business exponentially and me being responsible for all sales for the company has been really stressful, but um, just hiring on these guys and it's like, you know, when I, when I first hired on, it was kind of like a figure it out mentality, like here, sink or swim. And I didn't want to set these guys up like that either, but to, to the, to the point of like stressing out about training them up or having them make a mistake. Like I made plenty of mistakes and looking back at the mistakes that I made, like, I'm glad that I made those mistakes because I learned from them and got better from them. So just, I was really stressed about giving away responsibility and having those guys make a mistake under me and I've let them take over meetings and take over a lot of my responsibilities and 
customer mm-hmm. relationships and there have been mistakes but it's been very very rewarding like today i'm able yeah. to drive to nebraska back Good. you know 40 percent of our annual sales are controlled um back at the office um mm-hmm. but yeah just just i don't know just realizing that it's going to be okay like they're going to make a mistake and it's going to be okay we're going to learn from it um and not trying to be so controlling about it and then for me personally just being in the timber being in god's mm-hmm. nature like there's something about i don't know matt probably relate to this just mm-hmm. sitting in a tree stand in the morning and watching you know the nature wake up around you like the sun's gonna rise again the mm-hmm. owls are gonna hoot the squirrels are gonna start crawling down the deer are gonna start moving like everything mm-hmm. just wakes up around you and you're just there to witness it and, and then it's just you know completely silent and still and I don't know. That's just very peaceful and calming to me. Yeah, thanks. So I think just you can hold me accountable to that. Just kind of like, what am I doing to try to keep myself, you know, keep the stress down and stuff. So that's good. Okay. I'm going to jump into it quick. Um, I'll have to leave here in about 15 minutes. But uh, all right. This morning, we're talking about pursuing our passion and our profession. Uh, so we thought we'd start with some statistics. Uh, and I love the statistics when they don't add up to 100%. So uh, <laughs> it's like, mm, it's actually 101%. So I'm sure there's decimals in there. They didn't have this. So um, in a recent study, uh, an environment of American workforce, according to the Gallup study, 32% of employees were engaged in their work. And engagement was measured by employees' level of agreement slash clarity of expectations, opportunity for development and their uh, opinions influencing organizations, policies, and procedures. That's 32%. 60% of employees were unhappy in their jobs, and 19% of employees reported that they were being miserable at their work. <laughs> um, so I wondered, you know, why is that? And what are the factors? And then we just kind of like got into this conversation of like, well, what does it mean to be passionate about your work? Um, and we kind of thought like all these negative point back to one thing in Genesis three, that the fall caused God's good gift of work to be cursed. Um, and so have you guys ever had a job that you strongly disliked and what about it was not enjoyable? How were you able to overcome this dislike and still do your job? Well, first question. When I, when I left Palmer group, I remember my mentality, like I love the people there. I still do. Um, but it there was there was very little opportunity for me to ever do anything other than I was currently doing, and mm-hmm. in sales, you're you're just pushing, pushing, pushing to get to the end of the year, and you hit your goal or you don't, and then what happens January one? It Reset. Resets and usually goes up, <laughs> and so I just I was like, man, I am like this is the definition of chasing the wind is what it kind of felt like. Mm. Um, so I, I don't, the part about how did I continue to do my job? Well, I mean, I love people. I love my clients that I worked for. Um, that was really what, (laughs) what what kept me going. Um, but I was, it's time to make a move and time to do something else. Anybody else have a job they strongly disliked? I had a few jobs that I didn't like. Um, you know, I, my dad had owned his own business pretty much not all my life, but you know, like 
since I was probably, the I was 12. So, you know, I've always been around it. And then, you know, I go work with him and I see the flexibility. And then I go work for like a corporate job. Like we're talking like grocery store, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, you, you go do those jobs and you just realize how much it kind of sucks and it kind of makes you appreciate, you know, the other jobs. But, you know, God has used those jobs to either A, help me appreciate or B, help me navigate through issues that I deal with as a business owner now. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my last job was pretty tough. I was getting pretty stressed out. And there was a lot of, I'm, I'm a better big picture guy than like a minute detail guy. And uh, mm-hmm. my job kind of had my fingers in a lot of forecasting product. Um, it, it was a sales engineer role. And um, so I, it was, it was really tough because sometimes it was like working through spreadsheets and trying to like forecast and guess, you know, how many bearings is John Deere going to use over the next year because we need to plan for production and stuff. Um, and, and the corporate, um, politics of a large company and everyone was just trying to cover their butt um, instead of just, you know, do their job well and own up when you make a mistake. So it was kind of a tough environment to be in. Mm -hmm. But Phil, the end of your question is how did you work through it? And Mm -hmm. uh, I worked through it by finding a job that I liked better. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But right in, in this economy, it tends to do well, but right through each of the jobs, that I've had, you find things you like and things you don't like. And hopefully as you progress in your career, right, you, you zone in on the things that are really important. And, and, you know, there are some things that you maybe have to give up on when you take a certain job or, or maybe you go from a comfortable salary to a sales position where you get to play with commission for a while, um, which was Mm -hmm. kind of the jump I took in this job. But, but I, I feel like I'm really blessed right now because I work for a small company of about 20 people, but I have all the resources of a large corporation. Um, so their marketing departments, you know, their YouTube videos and their, um, you know, guys with a lot of expertise in the industry. So I feel like I'm in a really sweet spot that way. Of, I kind of get the best of both worlds. I get the kind of family fun feeling of a small company, but like I said, all the resources of a, a much larger company. Good. So that brings me to the next question. How important are passions and fulfillment when it comes to your work? What is the most important factor when it comes to choosing and performing a job? But let's just go back to the first question. How important is passion and fulfillment when it comes to your work? Especially in the light of like our number one, well, not number one job. It's the one job that we are supposed to do is provide for our family. So how do you, like sometimes I wrestle with that, right? Like, is it a passion that you have to love your job and everybody, everything's going to be great? Or sometimes you just have to grind it out and like, you just have to provide for your family in whatever way. So love to hear your thoughts on that. I think for me, what what I like to do as like for fun or the hobby doesn't really line up with what I do for work. Mm. But um, I think what I love about my job is that I get to serve clients. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in the service industry. And so I get to talk to people. I get to serve them and help them. And, you know, 
most people are pretty open. Like they'll talk to you, they'll talk to you about their life and sometimes they can get serious pretty quick and you just hear about them, hear about the conundrums and you know, there's been many times where I just felt in the spirit like, Hey, I'm gonna go pray over them. And mm. my dad had done that many times and you know, a lot of times those customers are crying and it's like and mm. and sometimes those customers are only one time customers and you just like wow god just allowed that to happen at the right time at the right moment so i think i think that's what keeps me going is just being able to meet people and meet them where they're at and just just have a, a meaning meaningful conversation that's good yeah i would say for me passion is a big thing when it comes to work like my last job i wasn't passionate about and uh ended up leaving because of that like i was high performer i was third out of whatever 45 guys but i was working 25 hours a week and i just wasn't passionate about it i wasn't driven um and uh which leads me to to my current job where i'm super passionate about it like it's a family-owned business and uh yeah we've just got a great team in place it's a great atmosphere and for me like being an athlete as my identity for so much of my life like now mm -hmm. it's like how how do i compete how do i go out and conquer and so like right now we're building this soybean crushing facility in nebraska there's an identical sister plant built getting built two hours east in iowa they started six months ahead of us um construction schedule and you know we're like a month behind them now like i've almost caught them <laughs> yeah, it's my goal to, there you go it's my goal to catch them and like, like yeah, yesterday I sold, yeah <laughs> yesterday i sold a job in minnesota and it, last night i was like dude that is awesome like we just talked about like we'd never sold a job in minnesota and now we've got a commercial job in minnesota so I just, it's just like, how do I conquer? How do I compete? How do I, and it's just a passion of mine, just like competing against myself, other contractors, and all while like, you know, creating opportunities for families in our company, because it affects so many people, the ripple effect of a sale within our vertically integrated company, because we've got a, a welder that now can weld something, a trucker that can deliver it, a crane operator that can swing it, a drafter that can design it. So I don't know. I'm just super passionate about what I do because it it's a, it feeds my hunger for competing, and and then it also gives me the opportunity to to Tom's point serve and help families around us that really cool. rely on the sales. Uh, but it breeds right. it breeds a success for me, I guess. I don't know. Right? No, that's really good, Chris. I think all those are good. When Ryan was prepping this call, he put in Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart uh, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, as Lord Christ uh, that you are serving. And then Martin Luther King Jr. says uh, a quote here that says, if a man is called to be a, sweet, a street sweeper, he should sweep streets, even as Michelangelo painted, or Beethoven composed music, or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that 
the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. Well, that was really cool. And I feel like when you do have passion or you do get excited about what you do, the, the work is easier. And I love how we're all uniquely gifted in different ways that like, Chris, you're you know, doing your job or Tom doing your job. Like, that's not really how I'm gifted or wired, but the way that I'm wired, maybe not be how somebody else is and maybe makes them exhausted. Um, I was actually serving in uh, uh, nursery with this girl and I asked her like, Hey, what do you do? And then she told me, she's like, yeah, I don't really like it. And I was like, if you could do anything, what would you do? And she's like, paperwork. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, come again? She's like, yeah, I would just love to just work on paperwork all day. Just like making sure it's all right. And I was like, do you want a job like right now? Because like, <laughs> it was just a compliment of I'm not a paperwork guy. And so it's just neat to see how God uniquely gifts us and how we can use be used together to complement each other. I think that's really good. Yeah, and I'll just say real quick with both that Colossians passage and that quote from Martin Luther King Jr., I kind of interpret those as like, or it reminds me that when it comes to my work, like my happiness is not the utmost uh, need. It's more so like, how do I answer God's call to uh, join him in his work, reflect, reflect his glory, have dominion, over his creation, that call that he gave Adam. And so if we're all honest, none of us want to be miserable in our jobs, but I think it does help to remember like the most important thing is not necessarily am I the most happy when I do this work? Because there's always going to be things about our jobs that we don't like, but it's like, how do I look at the work God has called me to at this time in my life and do it well, knowing that it's ultimately for his glory and and choosing mm-hmm. to do it for that reason, I think can actually like start to fuel that, that joy um, with, within us. Yeah, that's good, Brian. Somebody Go I know yeah. has, has really struggled with turnover and, mm-hmm. and their career path. Like they're nearing retirement. They're probably five years away. They've had four different jobs in the last three years and, it's kind of just grinding it out, trying to find something that's going to make them happy. But that's, that's kind of a group <laughs> for Rachel and I, we've talked about it. Like, well, are you really supposed to like, you know, when God turned the soil hard, like we were supposed to toil, but how do we find happiness through what we're being called to do and yeah, turning that back in? Yeah, just so that's been a that's been a difficult thing for for that person and that I know. But hopefully he uh, hopefully he maybe I'll throw this uh, podcast towards him and yeah. see if he can pick yeah. up a couple nuggets. I just did a podcast yesterday, and uh, one of the things that I think God is trying to teach me is when my kids and I were on a hike, and my wife were on this really big long hike. And I just couldn't wait. Normally I'm like, I just can't wait to get to the top. Like it's going to be beautiful. And I think the Holy spirit just like convicted me and is like, stop, like take a look around. Like this should be joyful in walking up this mountain. Like, and so you can take in the sights and you can really be present about where we're at and be joyful, even in this hard time of hiking up this mountain. And it was, it was like, I saw the world in a different color. Like I just got this 
take everything in. And it was a beautiful hike up. And when we got to the top, you guys, it wasn't anything to be like, this is awesome. It was kind of like, oh, so it was great that I had this realization about a quarter into this hike that I could really enjoy three fourths of the hike going up because the top wasn't actually as enjoyable as I thought it was. And a lot of times I'm just thinking the end in mind, end in mind, nothing else matters. And I feel like God's kind of reminded me of that in my life right now of like, no, no, you need to be joyful in this time of trial you know, like James chapter uh, one, verse two says, and it was really convicting of like, am I enjoying it right now, even through quote unquote, the suck. Uh, and I want to be right. I want to be very joyful in this time. And I want to be able to look back and be like, I remember enjoying that process, even though it was super stressful. Yeah. There's a question that just kind of came to me is like, how do you know when it's time to leave a, a job? Mm. And that's something that mm. I've had to struggle on several occasions, whether it was leaving a job because it it just felt like a toxic situation or leaving a job because I felt like God was calling me to a, the next better opportunity. And so I'd love to, for those of you that have kind of gone through that, so what do you guys think as far as like, how do you kind of work through that decision? Obviously, like prayer is an important thing, but I'd love to, to hear your guys' thoughts. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, the, the short answer for me is <clears throat> until something is blatantly obvious, right? I'm just going to stay put and know that, that I'm doing what the Lord is, is currently calling me to do. I think, you know, one of my mentors very early on, um, you know, again, used to be very type A, very high strung. Um, I, I was constantly like, what's the Lord's will for my life? What am I, what am I supposed to be doing? And he would just look at me and be like, well, what are you, what are you supposed to be doing today? What are you supposed to be doing right now? Like you're, you're trying to figure out five years, 10 years, even a year down the road. And the question that the Lord is asking you right now is what, what are you supposed to be doing right now? Are you supposed to be on this call? Are you supposed to be cooking breakfast for your family? What are you supposed to be doing? Um, that's the question is, is just not looking, uh, or I guess that's the answer is just trying not to look too far out um, into the future. I mean, I know you kind of have to with career, but I think I think still that the question is like, what, how, what, what does the Lord have me doing today? Um, so I, I don't know. I, I remember that from a long time ago, and constantly try to ask myself um, that question. The other thing, even over the weekend, I've been doing a lot of just thinking about like, how has the Lord wired me? How has the Lord designed me? And I don't know. I, I, I like, I like to be able to complete tasks. You know, I like to be able to check things off the list and that's one thing I've noticed about myself. And so just kind of trying to think like, again, in sales, it's just this insatiable thirst for more. Like you never, you never check it off. You, you it's like, whoop, there you go. I sold the last project. <clears throat> the company is fully funded forever for the rest of its life. Um, I never have to do, you know, go sell this project again. Um, so that's been something that's been kind of rumbling around in my head. And uh, I don't quite know what to do with it yet. But again, until I do, I'm going to stay put. Yeah, I don't know. For me, my last job at Ziegler, I was in sales, leading a region, um, or just covering a region. And like I said, I was... I was only there for 18 months, but 
by the time I had my first full year under, I was, I think, third out of like 45 salesmen. It's like the best numbers they'd had in that region in a long time. Farm income was down. It was like 2012, 2013. But I was working like 25 hours a week and I was just crushing it, I guess. But I just couldn't. I just couldn't live with myself, like waking up at seven, seven thirty, getting to the office at nine, leaving at like three, seeing a couple of customers. Like, I don't know. I just wasn't challenged. I wasn't, I wasn't passionate about it. And I felt like I was underutilized. Like God has called me for something more than, than this. Like, sure. I can make a good living, but it's just kind of like, it was just really just not. I knew I was designed for something more. It wasn't, I wasn't being utilized to, to what I could be. So that, that made it pretty clear to me. Like, I don't know. I just wasn't happy. I felt like I was being passive. Like the money was good, but there was something more than the, than the money that needed to be there for me to, to really enjoy my day, I guess. Yeah. It's like, when you think about it, passion is, like invaluable right and even as you shared chris just in the position you're in now the aspect of competition and setting like competing against yourself and it's like what does competition do like it fosters creativity it forces you to yeah come up with creative solutions to problems it is exciting once you achieve the goal, it's like, okay, what's, it's not like, what's the next quota. It's like, what's the next way that I get to now like challenge and test myself. And like, yeah, you can't put a price on that. You know, (laughs) I think as men, like that's inherently, we like crave that. That's why we play sports and do all sorts of things. And it's great when that can be an aspect of our careers. Yeah. I want to go real quick, just through some things that, cause I I think as we've shared, um, if we're honest, like there are negative or less favorable aspects to our work. And so kind of what are some things that we can do to persevere, make sure that we're working with integrity and, and honoring God in that. And again, like we touched on, remember that the fall resulted in work being cursed. I don't think we want to like view our work as a curse because we know like God did give us the gift of work, but it has been tainted. Um, so there's no perfect job. Uh, our work more than our being about our happiness is about obeying God's call to exercise dominion, reflect his glory. And there's a verse from first Timothy uh, chapter six, verse seven, it says godliness with contentment is great gain. So performing our work with godly motives and attitude and attitude will really allow God's spirit to produce that contentment in our hearts and our minds. And it's like, what is contentment? Paul writes about that in Philippians four, he's, in verse 12 and 13, he says, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So again, just resting in God's strength and in his wisdom. I think another thing we can do, like some of you guys have shared uh, at, at times, it's just like, all right, maybe God has called me to the next thing. I don't know what that is, but how can we be investing in new knowledge and skills while we're in a, a current job that will really uh, prepare us for whatever that next thing is to make that career pivot, um, whether that's exploring a side hustle um, or just another career entirely. And then um, 
Phil loves this uh, this uh, parable, and I do think it's very apt for what we're talking about. So I'll share it quick, and then we can kind of end with some reflections. So it's uh, the story of the three bricklayers. You may have heard it, but it basically says, A man observed three bricklayers on a scaffold. One was crouched, one was half standing, one was standing tall, working very hard and fast. To the first bricklayer, the man said, What are you doing? To which the first bricklayer replied, I'm a bricklayer. I'm working hard laying bricks to feed my family. The second bricklayer responded, I'm a builder. I'm building a wall. And when the man asked the third bricklayer what he was doing, uh, who was the most productive of the three and the future leader of the group, the man replied, I'm a cathedral builder. I'm building a great cathedral for the Almighty. So three guys doing the same work, but with very different perspectives. And I think it can just speak into our work of just like, yeah, what is what is our perspective of the work <laughs> we're doing? Are we thinking about it in terms of just the day and providing for my family, which is good. Um, it is a godly calling, but what is kind of that bigger picture? How do we see our work, you know, contributing to God's eternal kingdom? I would love to just end the call by practicing some gratitude. And so for those of you who, who would like to, I think it'd be cool just for each of us to share like one thing that we love about the work that we do. One thing that aligns with our passion, I can start. So yeah, I'm in kind of a strange place with work. Like I was brought on Uncommon Wealth Partners to lead and kind of help their clients adopt this budgeting tool called Cube, which some did, but it never really kind of gained a lot of traction. And obviously, as you guys know, like my role is kind of pivoted to helping create the Uncommon, um, which is still very much in its infancy. But in spite of the challenges and in spite of even like coming from a job where I was making considerably more like I love this work because one I get to create something and and two like I get to really focus on relationships with people which I didn't have in my previous job so like nothing nothing really fills me up more than even just like hopping on a call with you guys every Wednesday morning or looking forward to our monthly dinner um, and I'm just excited to see what what God will will do because it's not about me or Phil or any of us making this into something great. Like if God's got to do it or it's not going to happen. Right. (laughs) So who else would like to share what they love about their work? One aspect that I like about my job, um, it's just meeting people like grumpy. I get to make grumpy (laughs) happy. (laughs) So um, yeah, it's just stuff like that. Like it's just good to create conversation and, just be a light in people's lives. Awesome. You certainly are, Tom. I really like the the critical thinking aspect and just how everything is it's it's never monotonous. It's never the same. Like people look at a grain bin and it's like, oh you put corn in it, but or beans in it or whatever, but so many different facets of a commercial grain, farm grain, just rail receiving soybean facilities just yesterday we were on a call with people down in south texas they have a cotton gin storing cotton seed like just it's always challenging it's always a new opportunity to learn and and create create solutions to people's problems so i just like the the constant challenge of 
learning something new and coming up with solutions. Yeah, awesome. To piggyback off Chris, um, kind of the same thing. And I get to essentially, I, I'm a big process guy. Like I love a good, efficient process. Um, that's the engineer in me. And being able to give other engineers just an amazing tool for doing their job and changing some of their processes to something that I think makes it a, a ton easier um, can be really cool as like we work through some of these projects. Um, and just to see like that light bulb moment, like, oh, wow, I can, I can just 3D print this. Like, I don't have to wait for machining to get it done. Um, so that's, it's, it's a really cool industry to be in. Yeah, I, I would say I love the people, again, that I work with, the, the team that we, we have put together is awesome, the collaborative environment, and it's just fun and um, always moving. Um, and just from the work perspective, I do like I do like having the, the technology piece and being like one of the first to the market with, with something. It's, it's, it is kind of a cool feeling. It's frustrating. You beat your head against the wall often just um because you're trying to convince people that like this is the next thing great greatest thing since sliced bread um but yeah it's it's fun very cool yeah i appreciate each of you guys sharing that and i think that's such a powerful thing to do is just practice gratitude on a daily basis um, because we always if if we really reflect we always have more reasons to be grateful than we do to complain. And that's something that I struggle with. And so just making that a practice, especially when work is hard, it's like, man, take a step back and, and pause for a beat and just reflect on like what God has called you to and the the inherent skills and passions that he's blessed you with. And that we get to use that not just to do a job and make money, but also to invest in people and to love them and serve them and ultimately invest in his kingdom. So yeah, I appreciate you guys sharing that. Appreciate you guys being here. Go out today, work with passion, um, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Have a good week, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Uncommon Podcast. If you have benefited from our show, I would ask you to follow, rate, and review, and share our show. And be sure to check out our website at theuncommon.com, where you can learn more about our mission, sign up for one of our live experiences, and take advantage of many resources that will empower you on your uncommon journey.